Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pittards Podcast. This is Drew, the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. I'm Liz. I'm a mother of a cat, the spark plug and keeper of hot takes. I dole them out as I will. And the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is out this week. She should be back soon. And this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a film Sirs. Yeah, quick disclaimer, uh, petard is a word, is a real word, and petards are a fancy word for bombs. So if you talk about bombs in your everyday life, just throw a petard in there and see what people do. Look it up, read your Shakespeare. Pilots and petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. We would like to thank today's sponsor, Fitz, for this ad-free listening. And uh, today's slander goes out to Christmas presents. Uh, eat baby shit Christmas presents. We don't appreciate your clutter or wasting our time returning you. Next year, before being given to someone as another gift they don't want or need, so just, you know, just fuck off. Fuck off presents. Oh, you too, Bilmar. Contact us to sponsor a show or to slander a rival. We will do it for money. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads and create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. So tell someone to listen to our show, or give us some feedback, or listen to another episode. So what are we watching today? Today we are going to cast judgment and determine if the sci-fi action assassin high school thriller, Deadly Class, will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. This is our spoiler-free mini-sode on Deadly Class. Join us in a few days, and you can catch the extended discussion. We're just going to talk about the show. We're going to evaluate it. We're going to give highs and lows, and we're going to do it as spoiler-free as possible. Liz, what's your, what's your background on the show? I have not read Deadly Class, but I've read other things by Rick Remender, so I kind of know his style. Most recently, I've read Death or Glory, which is an image comic that's uh, currently coming out. I've also read some of his other things, Black Science, stuff like that. Um, I have read um, Deadly Class, and I've read it um, via trade paperbacks. So every time the library gets a new one, it's very cool, very fun. Kind of resets itself halfway through, but then it's still pretty cool. By you, Jimbo. So I had never heard of this before I watched the pilot. I did go back and read the graphic novel today, and I came across a little Rick Reminder background. And so he always considered himself an outcast. He hung out with a pretty rough crowd. He witnessed someone getting shot in the head. He's been beat up by gangbangers. So he has a fairly violent background as well. And he does claim that, that some of the stories in Deadly Class are based off of true events. So Jimbo wanted his with a two-sentence summary. A troubled street rat joins a dickhead Professor X school for the future gifted psychopathic killers. Will the street rat fit in or get his revenge? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. So first, we'll, we'll start off with highs, lows, in-betweens, and Liz is going to hit us with her first impression. So recently, I feel like comic book fans have been really spoiled uh, because Into the Spider-Verse, Aquaman, and this show all are very true to their comic book origins. This show felt like a comic book. It throws you in with little to no world building. It assumes you know its rules like a comic book. A lot of the color palette feels like a comic, and even in some ways an anime, which I think is a really cool touch, and I always appreciate when 
an adaptation of another medium respects that medium so highly, uh, which is understandable because Remender is, uh, I believe, at least a producer or has some creative power on the show. Um, another high point for me was uh, Lana Condor. She's having a big year. She is. Let's see. I think her character's name is... Saya. Saya. Yeah, Saya. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. Lana Condor was definitely um, a high point. I knew she was a big deal coming in. I was kind of impressed. There were quite a few like young actors that had charisma. And um, I think it's really fun when shows just have a bunch of people who like might be famous, you know, and then you'll see them a couple years down the line. You're like, I remember you from something I can't put my finger on. I think another high point was I really, really, really like genre mashups when they're fun. And this one kind of blended like a prison show a little bit with like a high school drama, um, even down to like the scene in the cafeteria where you learn about all the cliques. Like that's a classic high school shot. And this show did not shy away from some of its cliched origins. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it did fun things with the high school genre. I have a little different interpretation of the prison high school mashup. But before I get to that... I think the introduction of the story was really strong. I really enjoyed the first 15 to 17 minutes. And kind of, and kind of what Liz was saying as far as I think what suffers with a lot of superhero movies is they go so deep into the backstory that it's just boring and they don't hold up very well. Like how many times do we need to see Bruce Wayne's parents get shot and killed or Spider-Man's uncle? And so that stuff is really annoying. And so I'm glad they didn't spend a whole lot of time like trying to convince us on this world what a low point, Liz. The end. <laughs> Agreed. This pilot, this pilot kind of ended a little wonky. Um, other than that, I think some of which I will touch on probably later as well. But some of the stereotypes and the way, particularly um, Mexicans and De Los Muertos, is is kind of classified in the show, is a little murky, and it's like very clearly not understood. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big issue with the end of this show too. It is a huge tonal shift that I think kind of like undermines the entire rest of the episode to get like almost a group shot of like the cast. And I'm like, I can understand from like an executive point of view or like the network being like, get this last shot in, but it really like that sucks for the director. That sucks for like the writers and stuff. Cause I kind of really, unwrites and undoes like a lot of the work of like the preceding 40 minutes. So did not like the ending. They could have done a very different ending. And the ending is drastically different than the source material. And the, the graphic novel just gets darker and darker, at least the first, the, the first volume And this. Yeah, this show didn't. I'm very excited to see where this show goes because Jimbo, you're right. Like the graphic novel gets really dark and really weird quickly um and based on like the last three minutes we're like this semester on deadly class i like that they said semester that's clever it did show some scenes that do resemble a bunch of stuff from the first arc which is like the first year of their schooling there and i am very interested to see how they tackle it i like it i like the promise of this show even if the ending was dumb what about you jimbo any any more uh low points yeah, just kind of back back to your high point. I thought the bullying in the high school stereotypes were so cliche that that I couldn't really enjoy it. So like mashing up with like a prison scene just just seemed to miss for me. To me, the, and the story just kind of captured all like your standard superhero mixed up with high school drama. As far as you know, an outcast trying to fit in, 
I mean, it helps a little bit, like knowing knowing the background of the author, that it's you know a little more connected than just than just Alan Moore or Frank Miller thinking that the world's a terrible place. Yeah, kind of subjective there, Liz. How did you feel about this show in high school? I mean, I like that it's a high school drama. Like that's that's my jam. This is very much a show that if you like comics or anime, you'll probably enjoy just because it feels like that so wholly. My issue with it wasn't the like cliche like high school clicks. I liked that part. My issue is just like the particularly the Mexican gang is like cartels. <laughs> People's personalities were stereotypes. Right, right. Yeah. It was very uh, except for Maria who has a has more dimension. But I mean, there's there's a problematic nature with her character having like a Dio de los Muertos persona, but that's a whole nother topic beast. <laughs> I think hill hillbillies could make a similar case, you know, the hillbilly click. There's there's a difference because there were preps who were also white. So yeah, I guess there was, and then I guess that punk guy was white too. So maybe there was more dimension to white characters and more sh- not shades, but more variations. But even saying that, the other thing is, um, even if those were the only white characters, the other thing is there's not nearly the amount of historical um, kind of media, dangerous media interpretations of white characters as there are people of color. So unfortunately, historical context will always kind of change the way we view media and understand media and so it's it's an important thing to be aware of in regard of media literacy whether or not there's malicious intent all right so hoistlers we're gonna hit the moment before the moment you've been waiting for are we gonna watch or rewatch this show probably going to rewatch the pilot but it's gonna come out later this month so jimbo you're gonna watch this no thanks predicted um i as i said before um, the pilot was somewhat faithful to the comic, so I'm very interested to see what aspects stay in the show and where they go, because I would love to see what the season finale is. So you're going to put a hold on season five, episode three of Game of Thrones? Well, seeing as how um, the next episode for this show doesn't come out for roughly 17 days, I will probably be done with Game of Thrones by the time the next episode comes out. Winter is coming. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I did have a lot of fun watching this, and it reminded me a lot of, like, an anime. So even if I don't end up rewatching this, as which I would like to, um, I definitely want to pick up the book, which I don't know if this is the intended point, but either way, I suppose Rick Remender makes money. <laughs> I think that's fair. And, I, and, and if I had to spend more time with the graphic novel or the TV show, I would choose the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It's got really great art. Um, I don't know off the top of my head who the artist is, but it's a very distinct style and it's a nice use of kind of ambiguous shadow. I'm sure there's an artistic term for it, but when like the dark spaces on the pages um, do a lot with um, the area they're in, you know, like doing interesting things with shadows and thought and like the where dreams kind of meet like thought bubbles and stuff. There's a lot of really cool um, accents, I guess. I'm not, it's hard to describe graphic stuff. Do you think that art style translated at all to the aesthetic of this show? Not really, because it's a very monochromatic thing, um, especially in terms of like violence and bloodshed and flashbacks. It really goes to like a very subtle palette, 
Whereas the show is just bursting with color, which was cool. I didn't I didn't mind that that was a difference. I appreciated the burst of color because it kind of was a throwback to a lot of like 80s action we've seen recently. So it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Atomic Blonde, like that color palette, which also takes place in the 80s during Cold War. So. All right, and on that note, we're going to move into the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. For any new listeners, if we hoist, it means this is a bad pilot. If we not hoist, that means it's good enough. Um, I'll start off. This pilot was flawed for quite a few reasons. Wasn't the best pilot we've ever watched, but I'm not going to hoist it because it was still visually interesting and I want to watch more episodes. So um, not a strong endorsement, uh, but not a hoist either. I'm in a similar boat, uh, so I am not going to hoist it because I had fun. I mean... There are a lot of things that I have watched that are pretty flawed, but I had a lot of fun, like Aquaman. I'll uh, not hoist it as well. Surprise. Oh, <gasps> it's a Christmas we miracle. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. So one more time, we have, by unanimous decision, the pilot episode titled Pilot for Deadly Class, not hoisted. A tepid not hoist from all of us. Okay. And you can go watch it like right now on YouTube, which is kind of cool, depending on when you're listening to this recording. And that's Don't. what we just said. Like, we didn't hoist it. You yeah. should watch it. That's the, that's exactly. the podcast. Okay. Um, so now we're hitting Mo's favorite part of the podcast, where she pretends like she doesn't have an opinion, but then she secretly does. This is the put it anywhere, guys. <laughs> I don't care. Quest for the best. And we have a running list on our website of all 63 pilots that we have watched thus far. The number one pilot's the best one. The number 63 pilot is the worst one. It's Buffy. Uh, but we want to talk about this pilot. Liz, you're becoming more and more aware of this one. So let's start with the shows you've watched. Is this above or below Titans? Above. It's also above Rookie. I would say it's below Game of Thrones. Did you happen to catch Cloak and Dagger? No. Yes. <laughs> I would put this above Cloak and Dagger, but if you look at this stuff right below Cloak and Dagger, you start to hit flawed and unacceptable. Um, right around Single Parents, Firefly, One Tree Hill, Wonderfalls. Like, those are the ones that are almost immediately below Cloak and Dagger. So I would say that Cloak and Dagger is, like, right up against the border of blah. So <laughs> it's at least above Cloak and Dagger, not above Dawson's Creek. So Jimbo, between 44 and 41. So between 44 and 41, where would you want to put it? Okay. I personally enjoyed Kimmy Schmidt a lot more than this pilot. I love the Kimmy Schmidt pilot, if that's any consolation. It is. Yeah. Well, then Definitely below that helps Kimmy. us make a decision. All right. So with that information now, we have a new number 44. That is Deadly Class. So 44 out of 63. That's uh, it's like a C minus minus. Okay. D's d get degrees. So what we have next is our petardar. These are going to be recommendations based on today's viewing and our conversation. And Jimbo, why don't you start us off? There's an article that we may or may not talk about a little bit later, but it's called, What Does Jesus Mean by Resist, Not Evil? And so I thought that theme as like the opposite idea that Deadly Class was throwing. So that's, so that's a very short, but I think a fun little read. And then also the movie, not the comic book, Kingsman, The, Sir the Secret Service. I really enjoyed that movie. It's kind of like a, a misfit going to school and becoming a badass, but I think a lot funner. I have another Rick Remender um, comic that I think is very cool, and it is Uncanny X-Force, the Dark Angel Saga. Uh, a black ops team 
uh, led by Wolverine, where Cyclops would tell him who to go kill, and they would be like all the like you know missions that like the X Men couldn't pull off in the light of day. And the Dark Angel saga is one of the three best, in my opinions, arcs of his run. The entire run is amazing. Um, and it includes probably one of my favorite Wolverine stories, but it's not the um, Dark Angel saga. You should read the whole thing. But Uncanny X-Force, Rick Remender, I love it. Is it actually amazing, Drew? If I go and read this, am I going to get mad at you? No. It's written by Rick Remender, so no. You will like it. Get out of here. You're going in with a bad attitude. Okay. I am. I've been burnt by a lot of comic book uh, recommendations. Mine? Not necessarily yours, but just people's in general. I'm like 90. I'm made up of comic book recommendations. Like half my day on Twitter is today specifically was Liz recommend me image comics. And I did like that's that's all I do. I think it's my brand. Did you recommend any spawn? <laughs> that's not something I read. So I wouldn't feel. You're not missing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I also want to recommend three movies about arcs or guilds of assassins because I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I like it when there's rules and a whole hidden world. Um, John Wick chapters one and two are fun little worlds with like secret assassin guild and wanted the film. Um, do not read the comic wanted. It is so horrible and shitty and terrible and does not resemble the film. The film is much better. And Mark Miller sucks. That can be the official stance of this podcast. I don't think you guys would object. His comics are not great. Especially wanted. It insults the reader actively. Jimbo, read the last episode of wanted. If you want to see some weird shit. At the very, the very last, I think it's like last page. All right, cool. I have a few. Uh, so I have first a comic, uh, image comic, Morning Glories from Nick Spencer. It's very similar to Deadly Class in that it is a high school. It is some weird happenings and there's a lot of violence. There's a touch of time travel. It's actually really cool. Um, it's something I enjoy. Uh, also, uh, if you like the kind of out there style of this pilot i would recommend kill a kill which is an anime that also takes place at a high school where she has to kind of fight the student council uh with like a sword so it, it is also very violent weird kind of out there kooky high school assassin thing we did an assassin show a while back called barry go ahead back and listen to our episode on that so this concludes the minisode for deadly class Join us in a few days for the extended discussion where we will let the spoilers flow like wine. Even without Mo, they're going to run free. Uh, we will dive deeper into the story and themes. Follow our blog. Follow our Twitter. If you search Pilots and Petards, we're kind of the only thing that comes up. Check out Jake Drew, who produced our intro and outro music. Um, every day we hoist link Pilots and Petards out. Out.